Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now on to this week's totally tubular show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Print on Demand cast, episode 88. And as always, I am joined by the co-host of the Print on Demand cast, Travis Ross, Finger Guns. How's it going? How's your uh, How's your Monday been? How was your weekend? Let's start there. How was your weekend? Weekend? Um, fun, I guess. What did we do this weekend? Question we mark. Did, we did things <laughs> and stuff. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, enjoyable. Went. Um, saw the lost city yesterday. Um, How was that? Which is, it was funny, 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 funny. That's I with mean, very, Fanning Tatum and Sandra yep, Bullock. Yep. Very, yeah. um, you know, it's worth it. It's definitely not like I have to go to the movies, but we, we kind of owed, um, our middle son and his girlfriend a date because, um, it was like a birthday, kind of a post celebration for a birthday. So we sure. took him out for dinner and then took him to the movie. And that was the one that we picked. So yeah, had a fun time and then came nice. uh, to, to make a mark design today. And about 10 30, 11 o'clock, um, both of our toilets decided to, that's right. The ghost. Yeah. They just so, quit. Yeah. So it's been a fun Monday, Monday. Um, just, they unlocked a, empty unit two units down from us so we'd have sweet bathrooms g. which was awesome sweet g it's us um and that was awesome that we had the ability to use the restrooms today because yeah. uh, that, that would have sucked that yeah. would have been awful if we did what about you uh my weekend was good went to montana to spend some time mm-hmm. with family uh over the week of my next couple weeks my well, i guess just this next weekend is also travel heavy but Last weekend, uh, hopped on a flight to go to uh, Billings, Montana from Denver, which if you're wondering how long the flight is, it's about this long. You take off and it's the bing. You may now use large electronics uh, and take them. Blah, blah, blah. We'll be offering drinks. Bing. Our service has ended. You are descending into <laughs> Billings, Montana. So it's like an hour and six minute flight. I uh, was able to get about 20 minutes into Batman, uh, the Batman, the new one. Um <laughs> and see if so far so good I like it. But dark, it's three, hours, dark. three hours long, so I'm taking it chunks at a time because that's it's incredibly long and it's kind of a slow burn. Uh, but yeah, just hung out in Airbnb, had a great steak dinner. You know, downtown Billings had a great steakhouse there. Watched a movie called Velocipaster, which if you're wondering if it sounds as ridiculous <laughs> as you think it does. <laughs> The answer is yes. Um, Velocipaster. Yeah, all the girls had gone to bed, and it was just my nephew, and uh, then my ne- my nephew-in-laws, I guess. So just, they're all three of my nephews, but I guess. But uh, we were just like, what do we watch? What do we watch? And I said, man, I heard this thing called Velocipaster, and all three of them were like, well, now we have to watch it. So we <laughs> we watched it, and uh, it is it is ridiculous, incredibly low budget. There was a scene where a car was supposed to be exploding and or on fire, and Instead of actual car on fire, it was just a blank parking spot and a caption showed up that said VFX car on fire. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally what it's and that what that set the tone for the rest of the movie. And it was one of those 
it was just fun to laugh at. It's the only reason we watched it, kind of like, mm. you know, mystery science theater type stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, great time. And then, yeah, coming today and kind of hit the ground running. I was out of office Friday, so a lot of catch-up emails to do and a lot of, you know, client stuff helping people with their their stores, Deco Network store, so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. it was a busy day for sure. In fact, there were a couple of times where Tate and I both were just like, it's 2 o'clock. How did that happen? We didn't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but yeah, so so far, so good as far as the weekend and the Monday. So the week started off on a good note. Mm-hmm. Because also, Travis, and for those listening, we finally have a website. Look at that. Printondemandcast.com is where you can now go. You can see there's an episode archive. A little bit about your hosts here, of course, Travis and myself. There, uh, you can contact us, but be warned if you contact us, you have to leave a dad joke. Uh, so <laughs> come prepared, it's not required, but you know, it's a bonus if you do. And then, of course, our merch store, which we do have merch for sale. You can shop the swag here, pick your pick up a t shirt. Definitely the easiest way to support the show, I would say, mm-hmm. if you guys want to kind of help us uh, reinvest into what we're doing here at the print on demand cast. So, yeah, that was exciting. That is it's done. We're, it's done. It's yeah. it's live. So, it is live. Done for you now. Could go there. Done we'll keep now. adding to it. But there was enough to finally make good on our promise that we would have a <laughs> have a website and until <laughs> our print on demand cast would be working. Uh, so exactly. that's that's exciting. So also exciting is our guest for this week's episode. Travis, talk a little bit about how you found Josh and Ink and Drink Denver, uh, and then we'll just go straight into this week's interview. Yeah, I was um, actually, we talked to, uh, we went to the Graphic Expo, um, Graphics Pro Expo a couple weeks ago. And while I was doing some, you know, just kind of clicking around on their site, I looking at their kind of education stuff, they were having local people share different things during their education portions, portions of the show. And one of the things that we didn't actually, we weren't there to see, but it was uh, this ink and drink Denver yeah. Um, you know, Josh Kite from Ink and Drink. I'm like, what, what is this? And so I just literally put it in there in Google and click the, click the button. And boy, was I surprised to see what I saw. Um, pleasantly, pleasantly. It, pleasantly yeah. yeah. It was, it was a business model that I have thought about in the POD world for a long, long time. And we talk about this in the interview, so I'm not going to go too far into it, but um, suffice it to say the ink part and the drink part coming together as one is a beautiful thing. It's very true. And, uh, I'm very excited to, to let you guys talk to Josh. He definitely, I mentioned it in the interview, but he is very much kind of a pioneering spirit type of guy. There's not a lot of proof of concept as far as this particular idea mm-hmm. in conjunction with screen printing. There's ink and sip or ink and sip, <laughs> paint and sip, <laughs> which is not the same. Uh, paint and sip parties and stuff like that. But this is a really cool uh, business model. And so I I don't want to give too much away. I want to let you guys listen to Josh's story. Um, So with that being said, we're just going to go straight into this week's main event, our interview with Josh Kais of Ink and Drink Denver. Ladies and gentlemen, the main event. All right, Travis, very excited for the guests that we have for this week's main event. Someone that you discovered 
mm-hmm. their business within the last two weeks or so. You sent me a link, and I thought this is the most brilliant business model I've ever seen. And yeah. I'm really <laughs> upset that we didn't think of it. So we'll just bring them on the show and learn all about it because it was it's fascinating. So uh, for those listening, we have Josh Kais here with us of uh, Ink and Drink Denver. So he's the owner and operator of Ink and Drink Denver, located in the Santa Fe Arts District of Denver. Nearly 10 years of screen printing, 10 years of experience, has led him to create a new customer-based experience focused on printing T-shirts. Ink and Drink is a do-it-yourself T-shirt printing bar where customers have the opportunity to print their own unique shirts with their friends, family, and dates while sipping on their favorite beverages. And as any longtime listener knows, Travis and I enjoy our favorite beverages, mm-hmm. and we enjoy T-shirt printing, which is why you can see we were just ripe with envy when we found out <laughs> this amazing business model. But uh, it's our pleasure to welcome to the Print On Demand cast, Josh Kais. Josh, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to uh, hop on the show and talk about Ink and Drink Denver. Yeah, thank you guys for hosting me. I'm excited to be here with you. Awesome, man. Absolutely, well, we told, man. We told you uh, at the outset when we sent out the um, the, the initial inquiry and our, our correspondence back and forth to come with a dad joke because it is everyone's favorite segment. We've been recently making our guests join in on the insanity <laughs> that is the print-on-demand cast. So with that being said, we're going to go straight into this week's weekly dad joke. Time for the weekly dad joke. All right, Josh, you are the guest. Yeah. Take it away. I, it, pretty simple question. Just curious if you guys know of anything that's like brown and sticky all over. Brown and sticky all over. I may, but I'm going to go ahead and let you let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, th- <laughs> thanks for giving me that. Yeah, the, no, the I, I genuinely don't know. I've never heard, I've never heard this question before. Well, uh, the answer is a stick. all right there it is a stick is brown and sticky all over you heard it here first breaking all kinds of news and scoops um that's awesome travis did you know that i did know that yeah yeah Yeah, i've heard that one before it's still it's very very um i mean that's high quality dad joke material though so yeah uh, kudos it, to you josh it reminded me of the uh what's red and what's black and white and red all over mm-hmm. a newspaper or yeah we won't go down the other ones but <laughs> I, I remember there were other answers for that so yeah, okay well, we'll save that for right. another segment yes yes well the listener is going to get treated to three dad jokes because uh as you all know that were listening last week and josh in case you didn't hear last week's episode we were talking about um apple pie um, in Jamaica mm-hmm. in the Bahamas, basically the pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, so we had to kind of stay in that kind of island tropical theme and thought we'd share mm-hmm. a really bizarre law about Hawaii. You know, there's lots of laws that states have that the mm-hmm. whole website's dedicated to these very weird laws. But um, I didn't realize this. And Travis, you might want to know this because I know you and your wife are going to Hawaii next year yep. for vacation. But uh, did you realize that Outbursts of laughter are actually illegal in Hawaii. Hmm. Yeah. That's however, hard to believe. Well, however, they do permit a low ha. <laughs> oh. 
weekly dad joke. That's a three for one special. Uh, you guys, you listeners, <laughs> uh, leave us a review five stars for three dad jokes in one episode. A treat for the ears. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> with that being uh, uh, done and out of the way, let's move into the interview uh, portion here, Josh. Uh, you mentioned in the bio that you have nearly 10 years of screen printing experience. So uh, my question, our question to you as we kind of get things started here is, how did you find your way into the print industry 10 years ago? What did you do before that? What brought you to the industry um, nearly 10 years ago? Yeah, um, I I was actually in college when I started printing. Um, I was looking for a summer job. Uh, when I was coming back from Kansas uh, for summer vacation, or not summer vacation, but summer break, and hadn't gotten anything lined up, was landing nowhere, trying to get into some design positions. And uh, my dad, who's a Boulder firefighter, had a buddy of his that started a print company and was like, hey, go reach out to him and see if he's got any need for design work or production work. And luckily for me, he did. So, yeah. um, hmm. You know, spent a summer printing and learning sort of ins and outs of basic screen printing and uh, and then how design ties into that as well. And and then from there, actually became his full-time designer. And then when wow. I was back on break, whether it was summer, Christmas break, or, um, you know, an extended spring break, whatever, I would jump in the, in the shop and, and be on production as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, man, I guess it was uh, 2013 probably that that started so yeah not Mm -hmm. not quite to 10 years yet but uh well on my way that's for sure yeah so that was that was during college i say you said you talk about breaks and all of that i'm just curious what um what did you end up or what were you going to college for and uh what did you eventually get your degree in yeah so went for i originally went for uh studio arts and business double and Mm -hmm. dropped off the business side uh, which mm-hmm. nowadays I'm regretting a little bit, but uh, <laughs> stuck to studio arts with a focus in graphic design and sculpture and minored in communications. And yeah, uh, I, I actually, I went to a small school, so they didn't have a huge program. Didn't sure. even have to submit like a, a portfolio, which I didn't have a portfolio to submit anyway. Uh, it worked wow. out for me in the long run and, uh, you know, was was actually one of the two pioneers my art director and i were the two pioneers of the design program being from like a design one through design four and advanced design yeah. after that mm-hmm. um were the only two that that really showed interest initially and they decided to to build it for us because that's sort of the wave of of design uh in college it seemed at the time and and uh yeah so it's kind of fun to to be the driving factor behind that a little bit and, and have a chance yeah. to, to push the limits of what the school was allowing and, and sort of set our own curriculum that way. That's awesome. Where did you go to school? I went to school in Kansas at a small school called Benedictine College. Nice. Uh, okay. Yeah. Where Where is that in Kansas? I'm originally from Kansas, so I, I'm, I was from Wichita, so I'm okay. curious where that college is. Yeah, it's in Atchison, which is like the like northeast Mm-hmm. end of kansas about an hour yeah. north of kansas city okay gotcha that's awesome so so let's transition to the ink and drink side of your story so you um after college i'm assuming you were just you stayed kind of in that screen print world or did you did you kind of go off and then come back to it or, or what what kind of what were you doing right before um you decided to to try this ink and drink concept 
Yeah, so I stayed with it for a little while, a couple of years out of college, um, and then was really trying to push to the design side of my career a little bit more, mm-hmm. and ended up doing art direction and app development for an automotive press fleet company, which was really neat uh, to be in a different realm for a little while, and then from there yeah. just sort of started hitting some odds and ends jobs, um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and and uh, got into sales for industrial design for a while. And while I was doing that was sort of came up with this idea and tried to develop a little bit of what ink and drink could be and, and trying to do a little bit of market research, but because it's just sort of the first of its kind, there wasn't a ton of market research to do. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was really like grabbing at weeds, you know, like there wasn't, <laughs> yeah. wasn't a ton yeah. to, to reference. So, um, it took a long time of development and trying to figure it out and how it was going to work. But um, we're now three years down the road from the initial concept and can't wait to, to see where it goes, you know? Yeah, that's exciting, man. It sounds like uh, you definitely have kind of a pioneering spirit about you from whether it's pioneering the graphic design program at your mm-hmm. college or, or doing something that there isn't a lot of proof of concept for um, up until that point. Um that's incredible. So my, my next question would be then where did the idea of ink and drink Denver come from? Cause when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, it's like, you know, my sisters love paint and sip and they do that stuff mm-hmm. all the time. And so that's where my mind initially went. Was that kind of the, the thing that sparked the idea of taking that same kind of model and applying it to um, t-shirt printing or where did the original idea come from um, for ink and drink Denver? Yeah, pretty, pretty close. Um, you know, I've been to paint and sips before and, yeah. um, I actually, the, the thought sparked in my mind when I was looking at a position as a ceramics instructor, hmm. um, and, and, and the position was built for people who do not do ceramics, right? It's just a chance to get engaged people in, mm, in sure. creativity. And, um, you know, I was like, well, I'm not like, I'm not super great at ceramics. So like, I don't know if I really qualify for this job. Uh, Is there something I would qualify for in teaching a creative realm to people? And it was like, oh, of course, like screen printing. I've done it for so long. I feel like I teach somebody something. And then from there, I was like, well, how can I make it like more fun and engaging than than just like print a shirt, which is which is fun. Wrong. Like I I can't I can't say that like it's not fun because it is fun. But yeah. you know, the, the easy answer is like throw a bar in the mix and, and right. it's everybody's favorite thing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And immediately you have op- opportunities to do parties and, you know, events. And because everybody, when they're doing an event, they want to have a bar, like you say. So, I mean, it immediately opens up a huge demographic that yeah. maybe just, hey, come print your shirts at our at our store. Um, maybe they don't, you know, it they that that demographic isn't going to necessarily come, but once you add it, add alcohol into the mix, you know, I mean, I feel like we should have a, have a, uh, a thing where it's like podcasting and drinking. Cause, um, we're really good at that. Is there a I masterclass have. for that? You think that we can maybe just kind of do one of those masterclasses like mm. blue moon and podcasting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We're going to, we need to look into that after the show. <laughs> I'll definitely have to see it. So you said you're just about at the three year mark. Of, of being open. Um, how many people do you have working for you? Is it just you? How many people are, are working um, for, for you at Ink and Drink? 
Yeah, so actually three years from concept to now, we've been in our space for just over a year. Um, we opened, like slightly opened, I guess, in like November, December, started doing a lot of corporate events, mm-hmm. uh, like team sure. building type of stuff, especially with people trying to get back into in person and engaged with, with like face-to-face interaction sure. with their coworkers. Right. Um, so we've, we've just been letting that sort of like take the cake and get us onto a roll. Uh, in the meantime, and I think right now we have um, myself, my art director, uh, silent partner, and then eight like bartender instructor uh, teammates. Oh, cool. And I'd say four or five of them are more consistently involved than, than the others, um, sure. which that's what we want. Like We want people to be as involved as they need to be uh, as like a supplemental income to them. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's a really good level for us right now. And, and with us being a little bit slower at the moment too, it's, it makes it like, there's no pressure on me to, to be giving people hours just okay to fill their sure. hours, you know? Sure. So I'm assuming since you're, you don't have, um, you know, like you said, pressure to put hours in you're you're probably not, you're not doing any regular production out of the ink and drink space right now, are you? Or, or do you sometimes get orders from, say a corporate event that came in and had a really great time. And then they say, Hey, can you print us 500 shirts for our summer jam or something like that? Has that happened yet? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, a fair amount of our business right now is contract printing. Um, okay. Yeah. And we have a few groups that like we're, we're partnered with, I guess you want to call it, um, that we just, we print their stuff for them all the time. We do design work for them all the time. Nice. Uh, and that's been really fun to, to develop that relationship and get a feel for like their aesthetic and push ours beyond what we normally would do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just mm-hmm. having that outside influence is always a, a beneficial um, thing to have. Yeah. Does, is there anything, um, is there any difference between having a, a production space and then having an event space? I mean, do you have to like, I mean, is it just, does that just mean that your production space is always really, really clean or <laughs> are there some other differences uh, that I'm not thinking of? Um, I think because of our model of being like hand printed and like handmade type of vibe, uh, we will probably never have auto machines in our business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as, as far as like a large scale, potentially large scale production goes, that that's maybe a comparison mark um, to utilize, but I would say, I, I would say that being clean is probably the, the biggest uh, mm. difference of like our space, and, and yeah. it, it doesn't mean we don't get dirty while we're printing. You mm. know, it, like we we do, but we have to make sure we clean up a little extra when we do. So that's our problem, Josiah. That make your mark design. We just need to open it up to let people come in and print their own stuff, and the yeah. shop will magically be clean. Yes. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's. That's my biggest takeaway so far. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit more about kind of the differences between what you're doing in a, in a traditional, you know, classic print shop. Like how does the, the income production business model of Ink and Drink Denver differ from a classic print shop? Yeah, I feel like the print industry, and especially in the last maybe five, ten years, um, I guess since I've been in it, has <laughs> become so competitive to being like as cheap as possible, as quick a turnaround as possible. And, and like, it's sure. just about getting product in and out the door. Yeah. And I feel like mm-hmm. something that we're focusing on a little bit more, um, is like the artistic quality of what 
screen printing can be. Sure. And, and with that, we operated a little bit higher margin than what I've seen at other shops that I've worked at before, which is great for me as a business owner, right? But sure. um, mm-hmm. it presents challenges in the same breath of customers who come in and they're so used to ordering an $8 t-shirt and, right. and we're, we're not able to provide that. We don't want to provide that because it feels like we don't have a chance to spend the time that we intend to spend on on their print and their product because sure. all they care about is, is getting a, a, a quick turnaround. And there's function to that, right? There's always, there's always room for somebody to be looking for the cheapest product because it's going to be something that they, they throw out at a conference or whatever, mm-hmm. and they don't want to spend a bunch of money and a bunch of time on it. Um, and, and we do, you know, that I, I think yeah. that that's maybe something that, that has been an adjustment as far as our customer base goes is, is, educating them a little bit more on like, well, this is, it's not just higher for the sake of being higher. It's higher because we are taking that extra time. We want to develop your brand and your look along with our skills and your product. Hmm, Sure. And has there been, what's that as far as success rate with that education? Because on our side of things, on the POD side, we have, there's a little bit of that conversation as well, just because, like you said, people do expect that $8 shirt, but when you're printing one-offs or you're only wanting 12 or they're only wanting, you know, eight, <clears throat> we have to mm-hmm. educate them a little bit more as far as why the cost is higher. And some, sometimes they grasp it, sometimes they don't. So in your experience, what's that success rate been like as far as ed- that education process to try and make them understand why it's going to be a little bit more? Yeah, it's, I mean, there's good, bad, and the ugly to all of it, but I, I think that, <laughs> Our, like the main premise of Ink and Drink being educating about screen printing in the first place, it's given us a lot of chances to figure out when and where a deeper explanation is going to land and actually mean something, um, not just to us, but to the customer too. Because, you know, you get a group of young guys who's in here for a bachelor party, they don't, they don't care about screen printing. Um, <laughs> they don't care to be educated. You know, they, they know everything and, and, um, to somebody like that, like yeah. I can tell them like, Hey, like it's more expensive because of this. And I try to just like skim mm-hmm. the top of, of why yeah. and, right. um, and let them decide if it's, if it's worth it to, to understand that or not. And yeah. really like taking a step back from jamming it down to people, down people's throats of like, it's, it's this, that, and the other, and because this, that, and the other, and so on and so forth. Yeah. It right. sounds like that particular demographic is more interested in the drink side than the ink side of the business anyway. So, um, and I'm sure, I'm sure you, um, you have that experience. I mean, people I'm sure do treat it like the paint and sip, you know, kind of experience. It's like, I've done that a bunch of times. Oh, here's another kind of cool experience to learn a little bit about, you know, screen printing. I get to go home with a cool shirt or two and I get to, drink all night with my friends um not to kind of put put it in a box but like is that is that a majority would would you say that's a majority of your business like kind of that person that's looking for that experience or would you say uh the production side is a majority of your business at this point or or and is it skewing one way or the other as you move forward 
So I, I think right now, just because of some of the battles with the city on liquor licensing stuff right now, the production side and um, like corporate event side is more where the business is currently. But we are trying to drive towards what you were talking about of being the consumer who's more interested in just the experience and, mm-hmm. um, and, and like the bar side of like, oh, I'm going to hang out with my friends and it just happens to be doing this cool and fun thing that we've never done before. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I will, I'll be 100% honest with you. I have thought about this business model a lot with print on demand. Um, You know, thinking we could open up a coffee shop, you know, that people could come and like, kind of think Starbucks, but also, why not make a shirt or a coffee mug or, you know, or whatever, whatever we have there. And, um, so I've thought about this business model a lot and it, it's really cool to see somebody kind of taking the bull by the horns. You mentioned issues with the liquor license. Is that, um, is it, a, can you speak a little bit more? Like what are, what have been some of the issues that you've had? Are, I mean, I'm assuming you guys are able to serve liquor. Is there a limit or is it just certain kinds or what's, what are your issues that you're having with the city? Yeah. So liquor is kind of a tough topic like everywhere you are, but Denver in particular is not super quick in response on Mm. liquor stuff. They don't seem to care a whole lot, if I'm being honest and and blunt. Sure. Um, So in like privatized settings, we have a little bit more freedom uh, Mm. to, to be serving liquor, which is why it was mentioning that we're like doing corporate, corporate parties where we're shut down to the public. We can't take walk-ins. It's only the corporate group that's in here. Um, now the, the struggles have been that there was a tenant in here prior to us who cut their lease due to COVID and their liquor license was active. And so we were trying to transfer the title of their liquor license into our name. Okay. So this was last year, about this time that we started working on this stuff and the city was so backlogged on all their uh, liquor license applications and renewals and all that stuff that it took so long uh, to get all of our stuff situated and squared up and, and questions answered by the city that the license lapsed by the time we uh, had our ducks okay. in a row that now we're like back to square zero and, and have to mm. start fresh and apply for a whole brand new license which then entails like neighborhood canvassing and public public hearings and stuff like that so it's just it's elongated our timeline of what was supposed to be a quick transfer and yeah. operate and then figure out nuances beyond that of because sure. liquor licensing there's so many levels of like what liquor is allowed or what what revenue streams um, need to be at what levels depending on the license hmm. that you have mm-hmm. um so we were, we were we were hoping to figure that out as we went and and we, we're going, so we are figuring out as we go, but um, we've not really been able to open in, in the way that we anticipated when we were first developing the idea. Hmm. Wow. Well, you know, me and Josiah, um, we'll, we'll do our, we, we can probably uh, twist some arms downtown for you. We have oh, yeah. uh, some friends in high places. We are just so connected, you know? <laughs> It's Thank like, <laughs> so if one day your liquor license just comes through, Bling. Uh, I know who to call. It's, yeah, it's exactly. absolutely. It's absolutely 
us that did it for yeah. you. So, not, listen, not the Ghostbusters this time, but no, <laughs> it's us. Yeah, yeah exactly. Listen, <laughs> you don't binge watch all six seasons of The Sopranos within a month and not learn a few things. That's all I'm saying. Mm. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know you mentioned in your information that you, we kind of send you, sent you a form and for those listening, we we, sent, we actually. Do prepare. I think our listeners think this thing is entirely just by the sea of our pants. And not to say that it's not sometimes, but mm. um, we sent you the form and you had told us a little bit about Woohoo SPS or screen printing supplies. And it's another business that's working closely with you as well as a startup. Um, tell us what that's been like. How, how close do you guys work together? Um, you know, do you have, you know, interest as far as uh, ownership in that? other business or what's that kind of relationship look like? Yeah, I would, I would call them like our big brother. Um, okay. They, they're, they're on the more established side of, of, uh, being a business and, and operations, but, sure. uh, Barry and Tammy are the ones that own it and run it. And they do such a great job of, of supplies and making sure that they get the right equipment, yeah. uh, for everybody's scenario. But, um, we work really closely in, in that we also offer like industry-based courses for people who are trying to expand their prowess as a printer or people who are trying to just get into printing and don't know where to start because mm-hmm. the, the University of YouTube is a great tool, except it, I feel like <laughs> it just glamorizes this industry so much and you don't see yeah. the struggles and the troubleshooting that goes into potential <laughs> issues that, that come up while you're actually sure. in production. Um, yeah. So, so, as far as like equity in each other's companies, no, but we do have like that, that, that brotherhood and that type of equity, um, the the care, uh, for each other's businesses to, to try to help each other out. And and then, um, running those industry courses together has been so fun and it's, it's actually landed really well. And I was kind of nervous that like, um, me who's, who I have almost 10 years of print experience, but people walk in and see me, they're like, you're 15 sure. years younger than I am. How can you teach me anything about screen printing? It's like, well, sure. I've, I've done like so much in this industry and I've done a lot, but the tag team of me and Barry together instructing them is, mm. and Barry and I spend endless hours working on development and like product testing and stuff like yeah. that. And so mm. we really have given ourselves a chance to, to be a little bit of a like validated voice in, in learning more in screen printing. Awesome. That's cool. Another one that you mentioned in your on your forum was Animalscape. And um, tell us, tell the listeners about Animalscape. What's that? Yeah, so Animalscapes is actually a series that, that we released as a retail purchase. Um, okay. So customers, when they come in and engage in this process with us, they're printing one color designs. And most of the time it's from our catalog. Some people have submitted designs like ahead of time that we can do screen prep for them so that they have designs um, ready when they get here. Uh, mm-hmm. But the animal skates is a chance for us to show off to the customers who have been here and working, on, you know, for, for us to be working on multiple color designs, um, multicolor yeah. prints and show off like how half tones can overlay and cause this like different um, mm. sort of viewership of, of, a, of a product. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the retail side is something that we've been pushing a lot lately too in in not being able to be open how we want to be and and engaging customers here like 
it's a chance to to break into sort of a retail space, which we wanted to do anyway. It was mm-hmm. just down the road once our name was established. And yeah. now we're sort of like trying to do it to establish some, again, some credibility to what we do, showing off a little bit more than, than what customers normally see when they're here, seeing our designs on online or on our Instagram or whatever. Um, and showing what the capabilities of, of screen printing are. And, you know, TikTok and, and Instagram both are really powerful tools for this industry because it's such a visually based uh, yeah. industry that, sure. that like the video aspects of those platforms uh, gives us a chance to show people what multicolor printing is like without having them sit here for, you know, an <laughs> hour and a half watching us register screens and right. sure. do color checks and Pantone swatches and all that stuff. So um, it's it's just it's a way to kind of push our uh, credibility in, in this industry a little bit too. Yeah, cool. I think I uh, on your website here we found I found a that's an animal scape. Hey, that, there we that, go. Is that correct? Yeah. So that yeah. that is really incredible. All screen printed. Correct. Um, but yeah, you can see yeah the gradient like you were talking about multicolor. Yeah, that's that's cool. Very that's that's incredible. Very Thank very you. cool. Very very cool. So. uh so Josh, why don't you, um, while we're talking about kind of ink and drink and, um, we are going to, we have a couple more questions we're going to go with, but you, you had mentioned before you, you would be willing to give us kind of a quick shop tour or at least area yeah. tour of that area. Cause I see that really cool, um, Astronaut. mural. Yeah. That mural back there. We got to get a closer look on that. And then maybe just kind of give us a, give us, give us a quick shop tour. Yeah, for sure. So, um, front facing camera. Which I was. Before. <laughs> this, is, this might be a little funky to make sure I get things in view, but um, yeah. So we were here and just had like a really like not great wall space, and mm-hmm. the ceiling was black when we got mm. in here. So it was like, well, how do we sort of like make the black function? So sure, um, you know, put this astronaut that then throughout the whole wall, sort of. Sorry, I'm gonna. Yeah, here we go. So throughout the whole wall, just sort of keeps that theme. Um, That's cool. That's awesome. And we actually, th- this bottle right here is our ink bottle. It's a representation of our ink bottle, which I'll grab as well. But um, we just, this past weekend, put that in. Uh, it was a liquor bottle before. Um, so then we use hmm. our ink tubes that we give out to customers mm-hmm. as a reference awesome. to change that up a little bit. So, um, yeah, that's our wall. And then in here we have our Vastex. 1000s we have four six by six presses two little eight foot belt dryers um and then of course on the other side of the coin is that's my favorite spot (laughs) uh and then we have some food seating some wall graphics and things like that. that's awesome do you you guys are you able to serve food as well do you have a kitchen so we do have a a, like small kitchen and i want nothing to do with food (laughs) That's 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 a completely like a whole nother realm that is uh, Mm. very regulated. But uh, we are right next door to Smoking Yards Barbecue, which is one of the better barbecue joints in the Colorado area. They have one in Idaho Springs and then the one that's right next door. Um, So we do cater their food over here a lot uh, for, you know, especially the corporate events who want to do like a one stop dinner drinks activity type of thing. Yeah, their barbecue. It, it slaps, as the kids say these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. 
Okay, so <clears throat> let's uh, let's we we had talked about we typically on these forums we ask you know hey what are some good topics we can maybe talk about and one of the things you said which I don't think anybody's ever asked or talked about this but you said hey it would be a really cool discussion if we talked about what roles are required when starting a business. And I think that's something that um, our listeners could potentially gain something for. So um, what was on your mind when you actually wrote that? Like what, what kind of discussion do you want to have around that? What, what roles were required when you started your business? And let's just talk about that for a minute. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that this can go back and forth a little bit and you guys chime in some of your experiences in, in this topic too. But um, mm-hmm. in particular for me, and I think a lot of people that are in like a trade industry uh, who want to start their own business are really good at what they do. And they're just sick of doing it for other people and they want to do it for themselves, which is valid and, and fruitful. You just have to understand that when you start a business, you're no longer that tradesman. You're mm. a business man or woman. Um, yeah. and, and it's really important to understand that that has to now come first. Right. And um it was a challenge for me too. I, I, I try to read books. I try to listen to different podcasts and business owners, mm-hmm. not just in this industry, but just like management styles. And, and, um, and then even beyond like my role as an owner and business developer, um, because we're such a small team, because we have so many different like niches going on when I'm on the production floor and printing, I am still answering to our production manager as a printer, even though I'm the owner, mm-hmm. right? But okay. during that time when I'm in the role of, of printing, I am, I'm answering to the production manager. Um, and it's like, it's just such a weird juxtapose of like, I, I started and, and I say I in this phrase in like the general sense, but I started my business because I'm really good at what I do and I want to do it for myself, but like we're no longer that tradesman. And Mm-hmm. The really neat thing for me about about this business and, and Ink and Drink in particular is that um, I have I have an avenue to still be so connected to what I love and what I do and what I'm really good at, um, and then sharing that love with other people gives me a lot of gratification. But even more so, like having a platform that my employees can do the same and have that same fulfillment, and the customers can come in and learn you know, learn to love this as well. It's like, that's worth stepping away from being like the professional printer and being a business owner to mm-hmm. me and, and like having that role separation. And like all, all, all day I will, I'll sit on my computer and take phone calls and all that just for the chance to, to have a company that allows that platform of, of sharing, you know, I'll, I'll give up the printing love for the love of like sharing with others. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I don't know what I can add to that. I mean, obviously, um, you know, in my, in my role as owner of Maker Mark Design, it's gone through so many different iterations. Um, over the years, I have learned how to be a business owner in every, in different ways, in every single one of those iterations, you know, for a while we had a shop in Longmont, then we moved home, um, you know, literally moved to my house and I was outsourcing everything. Um, and I only had one other employee and then we had an opportunity to purchase uh, a bunch of equipment and, and I jumped 
and we hired, we immediately hired three more people, um, you know, day one, uh, plus some temps. I mean, it was, uh, it was absolutely crazy. And so in the last, you know, nearly two years of being kind of in the current iteration of Maker Mark Design, um, I have, I've learned a ton of things. I have learned to your point. Yeah. Let the production manager understand all of the nuances of all the printing technologies. Cause we have six printing technologies that we use here. So I don't necessarily, I could not walk into the UV room and, and print something might be able to figure it out. It would take me a long time. Cause I'd probably have to look up some YouTube. I know where <laughs> to go to find the information that I need to, you know, do the thing. Um, but I'm not doing it every day and I don't have to, I don't, I shouldn't be, yeah. I have to your point, I have, you know, other things that maybe only I can do, you know? So, um, so yeah, as far as, as far as like skill sets required to start a business, I think you need somebody that has vision and I think you need somebody that has organization. And if you can combine those two things and you build on those things, um, you know, you can, if you have somebody who has vision and you have organization and then maybe you have a third or maybe one of those two people has it, maybe that's the knowledge piece you know, the printing side or the actual knowledge of what you're doing. But if you can combine the organization and the future vision, um, you can accomplish a lot. So for me, I have, you know, a business operations manager who's Amy. She's kind of the organizational part of it. And then Tate, he's my production manager. He's the knowledge part of it. Um, and then I'm the vision part of it. Josiah is, you know, he's, he's kind of bolted on. He's the sales part of it, you know, so he's going out and he's bringing more people in. He also has some uh production experience because he came from another shop uh that had been doing it for several years as well and then we have our actual production techs that have the knowledge in each of those different um spaces and so if there's something coming up with embroidery i'm not going to answer that technical problem or question i'm going immediately to her or to my production manager and saying, what do we do here? What are your thoughts? You know, can we, do we need thicker needles to go through this material or what, you know, what do we do? Will you just send me that? You know, I'll buy the needles. If you want me to just send yeah. me the link to the thing I need it. I mean, um, it's very, it becomes very collaborative very quickly. Um, when there's too many things, <laughs> there's too many plates. There's just too many plates yeah. to your point, you know? And so you, you really do need to kind of, try the best you can to stay in your lane while encouraging your fellow, you know, your team to, um, to excel in their lane. Yeah. That's a good way, good way to put it. And, uh, I don't think I have anything to add to that necessarily, but, um, Josh, I know, you know, we wanted to give you a, a <clears throat> excuse me, an opportunity to, um, ask, us questions since we're more on a print on demand uh side of things digital printing you're more from screen printing so do you have any questions for for us from a pod perspective just about the industry anything really uh i guess not even about pod any questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah fair um i i think one of the main questions is sort of uh do you guys see a potential in like this business model translating to what you guys do and Travis we sort of jumped into that a little bit there um, for a minute and and you know what what would it look like from your perspective to have a customer engaged enough that they feel like they created a product mm -hmm. uh, 
in your guys's realm, maybe compared to or, or not compared to my realm? Yeah, I I mean, first of all, you're asking the visionary if he has any vision. Um, <laughs> no, fair, fair, fair. I'm just I'm just teasing. But um, yes, uh, for for the longest time, I have my, one of my, you know, maybe retirement plans or something like that would be to open some type of a retail store that had kind of a lot of things that you could buy. Maybe do it in a in a high touristy area you know, Louisville, Longmont, you know, Lafayette, even maybe Estes Park or something, yeah. you know, Boulder, wherever, have a shop um, that had like kind of all the, the normal trinkets that you can buy at all the other stores, but have a DTG machine in, the, machine in there and have a kiosk that has like a hundred different designs. You know, you go into the Estes Park shop and they've got all of those designs all on the wall that you can go, okay, I want number 26 on a shirt. Well, I want to do number 26, but I want to put your name on it also, you know, and having the ability to add that custom element um, while they're there. Now, you know, you're, you're really blowing my mind if all of a sudden we can drink while we're doing it, you know, but, <laughs> but I think at, at the very, you know, the minimum is to bring that customization, that instant mm. customization um, you know, we talked about it, I think last week or yeah, last week we were talking about doing, um, art, uh, farm and art markets. And yep. there's a vendor that we know of that has, uh, the ability you can come up to, you, you can basically buy this package or whatever that retailizes, uh, the, <laughs> I'm putting that in air quotes because it's, it's not a word not a and, word. uh, B I'm trying to explain explain something that's kind of hard to explain but basically if you have a if you have a picture on your phone i can put it on a coffee mug or a phone case yeah. or whatever and all you're doing is you know setting up a network and transferring it to me on the network and then i print it and then i put it on something i want to do that you know i want to yeah. be involved in the hey customer check this out you think that's cool come over here you can yeah. also do this i think that is so rewarding um to to for me to be able to work with them and provide them an opportunity to create something that's totally unique to them and then it's incredibly valuable and unique to them because it's their thing it's their customized item yeah. and then they get to participate in you know hey push the button or whatever they have yeah. the experience so it's it's combining all of those things um so i definitely think um it can work with print on demand 100% yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot. Like Travis was saying, you know, doing, especially with UV printing, which is one of the processes we use here that is just, there's so much you can do with UV. And mm -hmm. I think, uh, one of the, one of the moments that I had was at an SGIA in Las Vegas, you know, the industry trade show and that a UV printer set up and to Travis's point, it was, Hey, do you have a picture that you would like to have printed on any of these substrates? There's a blank journal, there's a blank phone case, there's a blank, whatever. And uh, so I took one of our my wife and I's wedding pictures, airdropped it to his iPad, printed it on a journal right then and there. He gave it to me, and I was like, "This would be, it's a giving the giving the customer an Etsy experience, but in a brick and mortar store is basically yeah. Yeah. the best way that I can use to describe it." But I do think there's a lot of validity to that, and even again, you know, instructional teaching people how to. I, I think with mugs, sublimation might be a lot easier to 
teach, I guess, as far as what we have here that might be more interactive other than mm. place the shirt, push the button, it's wrap the mug, put it on the heat press, unpeel it. You know, that that's more maybe instructional, but overall that idea of customization on the go immediately, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like Travis said, I think it has a huge potential um, for the POD yeah. space. So I think what we're saying, Josh, is uh, ink and drink north. Huh? Huh? <laughs> you let me know when you're ready for that. All right, yeah, we will. You get your liquor license we, stuff figured yeah, out. Maybe yeah, <laughs> we need to. I think I think we need to start by just going to ink and drink and, and doing it and having a good time and good hanging point. out and good making point. a shirt. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be good to go. Any other questions before we hit you with our magic questions, Josh? Man, probably five once we once we're done with this. But right now, <laughs> I'm blanking. You know, sounds good. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's go to uh, what we do with every guest uh, called the magic questions. Just magic here to my time uh, every time. <laughs> so. We'll go with uh, three questions here. Travis, why don't you take the first one out of the list here, and then I'll go next. Okay. Why don't you, Josh, tell us about a time when something happened in your business that felt like a complete and total failure. You were just done. Just give us that story, and maybe it didn't totally destroy you. I'm assuming it didn't because you're sitting in your space. (laughs) (laughs) But, man, it it hurt, and it felt like a total failure. Honestly, probably my liquor license not getting transferred um, before it lapsed. And it, you know, it hurt. It was something that you feel like, how do you come back from? But after yeah. talking with our licensing law team, um, you, you have that realization that it's not, it's not all bad. You know, there was a tavern license here before and we're doing a lodging and entertainment license that fits our business model a lot better. Um, hmm. So, yeah, it definitely hurts. But once you have a chance to take a breath and take a step away, uh, you can you can really come back and, and hit the ground running and sometimes and often uh, a better route. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So what, what I thought I heard you say is that the former license that you were trying to renew was a tavern license. And when that lapsed, you decided to go for this other license that fits your business better. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So the, the new one is called the lodging and entertainment license. And the only difference they both allow beer, wine and liquor. The only difference is that in a tavern license, 50% or more of your gross annual revenue has to come from the bar. And the lodging mm. and entertainment side, fifty percent or more of your gross annual gross annual revenue comes from the entertainment side of what you do. Mm. Okay. Okay. So that allows you to have that production piece really firing on all cylinders and not worried about, oh, we're not selling enough beer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And gotcha. and even like you consider the, the, the market price of a t shirt and a drink, even if somebody mm. is here and does both. Yeah. They'd have to be purchasing like three or four drinks to match the price of their one t shirt. Right, and then we're right. in a ballpark of like, well, are we over-serving every guest just to hit this markation of like we have <laughs> to have fifty percent bar yeah. sales to yeah. to our product sales, and so yeah, it definitely has released that tension of of worry. 
You don't have to put signs up that say not responsible for bad shirt being made while intoxicated on four drink minimum requirement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, four drink minimum. (laughs) Honestly, we've actually had really good success. There's been very, very few misprints in here. And the the few that have been made, people are like, it's even more custom. I love it that much more. So (laughs) there you go. Sometimes, you know, and and a blurry print with blurry vision, maybe it looks perfectly fine. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. The customer has more grace when they make the mistake on the print, whereas opposed, we make a mistake on the reprint. It's coming back. It's, it's, (laughs) you know, all cylinders. So um, you mentioned this a little bit uh, earlier, but talk to me or us rather we always pretend like it's just the three of us talking there's no one else here no one's gonna hear this uh throughout your career um throughout your time in the industry tell us about like how the importance of mentoring and relationships have been for you and do you have any kind of go-to uh mentors that have kind of really helped you uh throughout throughout your journey in, in the print industry Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, mentors, you, you can find them in any avenue that you want to. Um, you know, Barry with WooHoo has been a huge mentor and just, yeah. um, you know, a sounding board. And, and, and that I hope that he would also say this, but I think it goes both ways for each of us, too, because, hmm. you know, he's not he's not super involved in the print world. So when he needs a product tested, you know, a new anchor or whatever, he comes here and I, I test it for him and I give him feedback on that on that product. Um, and then, yeah. you know, I asked him ab- about different emulsion and, and the technical side to why this exposure um, for this emulsion is better and et cetera. And so he's been a really great resource for me, huge mentor. And then I also like I, I have really enjoyed the chance to be a mentor to others, too. Um, yeah. my, my art director, um, you know, he's. He's been a long, uh, a good friend of mine for a long time. Uh, he was actually in my wedding. Uh, he was part of my wedding party. And, and I, I think that I've been, to an extent, a mentor to him as well and really given him a platform to, to push his art, uh, his abilities in, in the art world and graphic design. And, um, you know, we partner with Walgon Brewing Company, who's a local brewer uh, in the Santa Fe Arts District. And he, through mm. having uh, his job here, is has gotten to do not just apparel design, but also their labeling design and some branding stuff with them too. So um, being in a position to give him that platform has been really impactful in my life as well. Cool. All right. Well, let's, let's do one more. Okay. So um, here's one. How about this? Um, What is your favorite podcast and why is it the print on demand cast? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's, that's not the question. Um, No, the question (laughs) Sorry. Uh, if you had to start all over and lost all your current contacts, what would you do first? And I lost all my contacts, man. Um, After you finished crying. Yeah, I'd probably <laughs> grab a beer, uh, throw that back and, <laughs> and let that decide my next move. I, I, I really that's a hard question to answer. Um, hmm. You know, I, I think it's if you if you have a skill set to, to lean back on um, using that to probably just get your mentality back, you know, feeling like you have uh, the capability of doing more than just what you need to do. You know, pushing into the realm of what you want to do uh, because of yeah. your experience and your knowledge, I think would be somewhere to start. 
I don't know if it's the right place to start, but it's somewhere to start, I think. Sure. That's awesome. <clears throat> well, Josh, it's been great chatting with you. It's been great to hear your story, to learn more about Ink and Drink Denver. I do think that Travis and I need to make a, a voyage uh, yeah, down do. to your neck of the woods <laughs> and, and participate uh, and because uh, neither of us have ever screen printed, at least I yeah. don't think you have, Travis. I think either of us have. Uh, so it'd be really fun to learn that that trade, uh, or that at least that aspect of, of the business because we seem to. Yeah, do we want to learn else. the whole trade in a two hour span, please. <laughs> I got you covered. Yeah, yeah how much? How much is that? It's an it's an immersive package <laughs> that we spend <laughs> the next six months with you. Um, <laughs> And then you lose your sanity from all the really bad dad jokes. So before we let you go, uh, I want to give you the opportunity to tell those listening where they can find your shop on the Internet, on social media, where they can find you, follow you. Um, so plug your shop. And uh, before we let you go. All right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, everything for us is Ink and Drink Denver. So Ink and Drink Denver dot com, our social handles uh, for Instagram, TikTok, our Ink and Drink Denver um you can find us if you want to drop in in person feel free uh we're at 900 west first avenue um in the santa fe arts district uh, in a little shop at called the yard um come in grab some barbecue from smoking yards too uh make it <laughs> a full-blown experience but yes um yeah hope to see you guys interacting with us on social media or in person hopefully here soon as well awesome and for those listening as always we will drop those links in the show notes so you can have access to ink and drink denver at just a click or a tap rather of your screen uh, and you can connect with uh, josh and if you have any questions you can ask him if you want to you know book an event there if you're in the denver area please do uh, I'm, I'm serious when i say i'm, I'm looking forward to trying this out myself um, mm -hmm. i think it'd be a, a really fun time so um, josh thank you so much for joining us on the show and hopefully we will be able to connect soon my friend yeah thank you guys i appreciate it all right, we'll talk soon. want to thank Josh one more time for uh, coming on the show, taking time out of his schedule from teaching the masses, and by masses, <laughs> not the public yet because of that liquor license, but those that reserve mm. a spot and a session teaching them the art of screen printing. Travis, it was really cool to hear his story, and I'm, I mean, it didn't do anything to, to satiate or to quell, rather, the, the jealousy <laughs> that you and I both have as to his uh, ability to capitalize on such a cool business model idea yeah i remember before we were uh before the show we were talking about how we have like all this respect for him for you know dunning done this you know really cool business model and like kind of pioneer this thing but there's just a teeny tiny bit of hatred on top of it you know because we're just <laughs> really angry that he did it before we did um but no of course uh really excited to see him kind of go through the all of these challenges but he's still plugging ahead and i think that's you know one of the things we didn't really talk about in the interview but one of the takeaways i think you can get pretty easily from the interview is that he I mean, not getting that liquor license renewed is a huge blow to his business model, but he's, yep. he's pivoted, you know, and he's moving towards, um, I mean, he's, he's utilizing the space in new ways through production and, and whatnot, and then just biding his time until he actually does, you know, finally get that liquor license. And in the meantime, he has the private stuff and um, yeah. he's promoting that. And so he's, he's persevering, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And I, I really appreciated that about him. He He's not one to easily give up.
Yeah. I mean, I think in the industry itself, print, print on demand or screen printing or just the print industry in general, there's plenty to, to provide. Um, uh, there's plenty of things that can happen to provide you motivation to quit. Uh, mm-hmm let alone adding something else at a governmental level or a, a municipality Gosh, level yeah. of, of the bureaucracy and the red tape of liquor license and all these other things that you have to kind of go through that doesn't really even have to do with the business model or the business industry that you are currently, you know, involved in. There's nothing mm-hmm. to do with, with printing or anything like that. Liquor licenses are completely separate. So um, it's something we're combining two things definitely provides another layer of stress and just trying to figure things out so you can make the money that you need to make in order to, to make the business viable. Like he said, he's only a year in that space. It's three years from concept, but it's mm-hmm. his first year. And so yeah. th- there's lots of, of pressure for, for that first year to be, you know, as profitable as possible. I think if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, or if you've ran a business, you know, that, a new business, it takes a little bit of time to get into the black on a consistent level, but just to be able to come to a space where you can say your first year was a success is hard enough without compiling something that could be um, blocking that, that has nothing to do with your ability or skill in your given trade. So uh, yeah. kudos to him. Like you said, he's, he's definitely um, tenacious and, and, and perseveres. And so it's definitely admirable. And I am, I'm serious. I would be really fun to, to figure out, get a group of friends together and just go do a, a group thing. We, I think you and I have enough friends in common that we could uh, find a group of people to go make some t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun to do. Yeah, for sure. I would, I would thoroughly enjoy that. He talked about, um, I don't know if you mentioned this on the air, but they do first Friday um, right. because that, that district, the Santa Fe arts district does a first Friday art walk. And so they open their doors and you can come in on a Friday. So if you're local to Denver, and uh, you're kind of in that area, uh, check them out on a first Friday and yeah. uh, go make a shirt. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to thank Josh once again. And again, you can find him on social media, on the internet, on his websites, inkanddrinkdenver.com. He's on Instagram, Ink and Drink Denver, TikTok, Ink and Drink Denver. Uh, go check him out, throw him a follow. Even if you're not in the air, just support him because you're listening to the podcast and he came on and told his story, which is uh, always awesome for when people want to come in and kind of just impart their knowledge uh, mm-hmm. and what their journey has been up into this point. So uh, with that being said, we would like to thank you guys for listening. Once again, Travis realized that we are just encroaching dangerously close to episode 100 and the two-year mark of the show. So with that being said, let us know what you'd like to see for episode 200 or 200, episode 100 or the two-year anniversary Maybe another live. We don't know. But you can tell us what you'd like to see. And you can actually email info at printondemandcast.com. That email is now working. We will see it. We will respond to it. Uh, So let us know what you guys want to see. Another way you can let us know and interact with us, whether it's what you want to see for the anniversary show or the 100th episode. Or if you have a question for Josh or question for us, Facebook or printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. I got into the habit of not saying it the correct way. (laughs) <laughs> but now, now we can say it the correct way because all the links are fixed. So printonamancast.com slash Facebook is where you can join the Facebook group, join the conversation, the community, and we would love to have you there as well. I don't have fancy bumpers for this particular or overlays, I should say, for these next two, but we're also on Instagram. <clears throat> printonamancast.com slash Instagram. You can go and find us there. Follow us. 
look at the content there. You can DM us there as well or printondemandcast.com slash YouTube. You can find these video episodes or video versions of these episodes every Friday at 3 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. And if you don't want to wait until Friday, you can watch us and listen to us on Spotify. The videos will be there on Wednesdays at 3 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. But we are wherever podcasts are. The PODcast is there for you, too. So whatever your favorite platform is, whether it's Apple or Google or Spotify or Stitcher, whatever that looks like, we are there for you. And if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor and leaving a review, if you're listening on the podcast app, you can leave a five-star review and give us some feedback. If you're listening to Spotify, you can just give us a five-star review. But if you do that, we will definitely be sure to shout you out if you leave us a review on on Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts, at least, because Spotify, there's really no way to tell who said what or who rated what, rather. But the podcast app, we can definitely tell. So if you like this information, if you think this information is beneficial, if the dad jokes make you laugh, if you think other people need to know about this podcast that are in the industry, that are looking for a place where they can learn about print on demand, send them our way and then leave a review and, and five stars, of course. That's that's just assumed. I'm going to stop saying five stars. I'm just going to say leave us a review because I'm assuming that by now, by episode 88, <laughs> you know, you know what to do. So with all that being said, Travis, anything else before we wrap this up? Nope. You've said enough, my friend. I certainly have. <laughs> I've said a lot. So with that being said, for Travis, I'm Josiah. We'll see you next time right here on the Print on Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure. (laughs) 